Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. The Bongino rule is in effect again. Wait 24 hours before making judgments after hearing a story from the another Intel community leak, Joe. Wait 24 hours before making a judgment. At least 24 hours about the story. I have a loaded lineup. We're not allowed to say stacked anymore, according to a listener. (laughs) A lot of stories today, including a massive Trump fundraising haul, what it means out in California. The Elizabeth Warren uh, story from yesterday, I was going to get that she's totally lying to everybody about her Medicare for All plan, and it's important. Um, The dictionary being rewritten for Xi Zhao Zhou. And uh, also, uh, excuse me, not economic, uh, climate change catastrophes debunked by CEI. A great piece. You're not going to want to go anywhere. All right. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Man, I'm doing okay. We do. We have a full plate of information today. Full plate. I was, you could tell by my, I was waiting for a more... And you were very sedated. Though. Fine. That's okay. That's a-okay. I like that part of the show. This is what makes this show. Uh, we crack that fourth wall all the time. Oh, all right, Joe. Man. Let's get right to it. Today's show all brought right. to you by buddies at ExpressVPN. <laughs> hey, wouldn't it be nice if search engines and social media sites were unbiased platforms that didn't choose to side politically? That would be wonderful. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen. Keep dreaming, folks. In 2016, the tech elites at Google bragged bragged about donating millions of dollars to Hillary. These big tech companies have pushed their political agenda and restrict the free speech rights. The conservatives are the very same corporations we're trusting to handle our personal data online. Ouch. I don't want them using my web history, email metadata, or video searches against me or any of my buddies. That's why I use ExpressVPN every time I, moi, go online. Big tech companies can match your internet activity to your identity and location using your public IP address. When we use ExpressVPN in a Bongino household, these tech companies can't see my IP address at all. My identity is masked and anonymized by a secure VPN server. Nice. (laughs) Plus, ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting 100% ciento por ciento of your data to keep you safe from hackers and internet bad guys. Does that sound complicated? It's not. I use ExpressVPN. It's easy. ExpressVPN software just takes a minute to set up on your computer or phone. Tap one button and you my friend, are protected. So if you're now like me and you will believe your internet data belongs to you and not to tech elites, ExpressVPN is the answer. Special deal for you today. Protect your online activity today. Find out now how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino for three months free. With a one-year package, visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. Go check them out. Definitely worth your time, folks. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Okay, let's go. (laughs) 
Nice little bun. So story breaks in the Washington Post, Joe. Uh, yeah. we, MSN had it up at Drudge 2. I uh, saw this yesterday. And ladies and gentlemen, if there was ever an example of the Bongino rule, wait 24 to 72 hours. Unlike the mainstream media hacks who ran with it. Uh, please wait on the, making a judgment by reading this. Here's the story. Washington Post. Trump's communications with a foreign leader are part of a whistleblower uh, complaint that spurred a standoff between the spy chief and Congress, former officials say, by Greg Miller, Ellen Nakashima, and Shane Harris. Um, obviously, the Washington Post, uh, I don't hmm. even, it, you mean it's a conspiracy theory blog, so be very careful about anything the Washington Post reports. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on here? This is now, I'll get to what the core of the complaint is in a second, but before I get to this new complaint, I want to set up the pattern. Of course, if you're a regular listener, you're probably figuring out already what's going on. Um, but if not, I want to play this short video, a very short video. And we may play this twice. So, Joe, Paula, keep this <laughs> yeah. thing handy. Um, here is Chuck Schumer with a warning when he was talking to Rachel Maddow about why you don't pick fights with the intelligence community. Check this out. You take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. Oh, thank you, mm -hmm. Chuck. Uh, Chuck wasn't kidding, of course. Uh, they were talking about, at the time, him and uh, Roswell, Rachel Maddow. They, they were talking about conspiracy theories, like Trump questioning the intelligence community right around when the Spygate uh, allegations surfaced, right? Mm -hmm. So Schumer's warning Trump, don't go after the intel community because they will get you back six different ways from Sunday, dreaded air quotes. Now, this leak we saw yesterday in the Washington Post from an intel official about a whistleblower complaint is now the third one in less than two weeks from the intel community painting Trump out to be a big leaker of classified information. Mm -hmm. Complaint number one. Remember this one? They had to exfiltrate the spy, the serious Russian spy from Russia and had to get him out of the country because Trump leaked information uh, to the Russians during this Oval Office meeting and this spy's life was in danger. Evil Trump. Evil right. Trump, Joe. We had to go get the spy to rescue him from the dastardly Donald Trump. We found out later, yes. of course, if you applied the Bongino rule, you were not suckered by this nonsense, that the spy was, in fact, exfiltrated from Russia, removed from Russia, the U.S., the, the Russian spying for the U.S. was removed from Russia because of media leaks that could have led to him being exposed, not Donald Trump. Again, if you waited, you were not suckered into that. The second story, which we debunked on Monday or Tuesday's show, forgive me, I, I, I don't remember, I lose track of time easily on this show, so much going on, was the news story that Obama kicked out the Russian diplomats yeah. because... They discovered some dastardly scheme to crack our encryption by the Russians. It was being run out of these facilities. So right before Trump took office, Obama, the hero, the white knight jumped in and mm -hmm. he kicked out all these Russian diplomats. Of course, oh, if yeah. you read through the lines of the story, the encryption and the allegations of them cracking our encryption, the Russians run out of these facilities. Obama kicked these people out of the story was from 2010. Um, so again, um, if you applied the Bongino rule and thought this thing through and actually read the story to the end, um, you were not suckered by this either. Now we see another devastating leak and the charges are serious. Um, here's the, the first um, screenshot from the piece. I'll read it to you. Don't worry here. Uh, but here's the allegation now. Uh, this is a serious one, but this is not a joke. And I don't mean to downplay this. All right. okay. But be very careful about this story. Quote from the piece. Trump's interaction with this foreign leader. So this is a leak about a conversation Trump had with a foreign leader. who We, we don't know who it is yet. There's some speculation I'll get to in a second. But Trump's interaction with the foreign leader included a, quote, promise 
that was regarded as so troubling that it prompted an official in the U.S. intel community to file a formal whistleblower complaint with the inspector general for the intel community, said former officials. Of course, anonymous, Joe. Speaking <laughs> on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to discuss the matter publicly. Here we go again with more anonymous sources. So do you get the core of the allegation? Mm. I explained to you the first two. The third one now, the new one, and the timing is convenient. I'll get to that. The new allegation is that Trump was talking with a foreign leader and made him some promise so detrimental to U.S. security that whistleblowers in the intel community felt the need to notify people about this, quote, urgent concern. Now, the complaint's being taken seriously. Now, having said that, again, if you continue to read the same story, Joe, mm -hmm. the same story, and you get all the way to the end because they always put this at the end. This is never in the beginning. This is at the end, hoping you don't make it that far. At the end, we see this portion of the Washington Post article, which is fascinating. I think it's like three paragraphs from the closing of the piece. And quote, <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just like, I can't believe we have to do this every day. Legal, and not the show, just debunking this stupidity. Legal experts said there are scenarios in which a president's communications with a foreign leader could rise to a level of a quote, urgent concern from the intel community but they also noted that the president has broad authority to decide unilaterally when to classify or declassify information <laughs> uh ladies and gentlemen that's if you got hooked by this this is kind of a problem for the whole story now i'm going to explain what that means in a second but i want to get to the timing because i don't want to lose my place All right. as i told you about two or three weeks ago you can expect more of this. Chuck Schumer was not kidding. The intel community will strike back at you six different ways from Sunday if you question them. The intel community works for the president to, surprise, um, to supply intel or surprise the president with intel that he can then use to negotiate with foreign governments, act as the commander in chief, or negotiate trade or treaty arrangements. The president does not work for the intel community. Does everybody understand that? I'm not, you are yeah. very smart. But some of the liberals, unfortunately, my audience, don't seem to get basic tenets of our constitution and the structure horizontally and vertically of how our government works. The intel community is subordinate to the president. The president does not work for them. The president has unilateral authority to declassify what he wants in the interests of the United States. And if the voters don't believe that's in the interest of the United States, Joe, what do they get to do? Vote, Vote the president out. out. Yeah. How it's very simple. Man, how's the he supposed to do his job? people elect a president. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I, thank you. No, that was verdict is in. Excellent point by Joe Armacost. How the heck is a voted, elected, constitutional president of the United States supposed to negotiate treaties, yeah. engage in national security negotiations, and act as the commander-in-chief if yeah. he has to go back to subordinate officers in the intel community and ask them their permission to discuss these things? That's it. Now, thank you. if Sorry. you think all of this is a bad idea, and let me just get to quickly, oh, uh, sure, the timing. I don't want to lose, I've got a oh, lot yeah, to get yeah, to yeah. on this. I didn't want to admit, yeah, you got to remember, sometimes, Joe, you need to keep a checklist of yeah, things thanks, I said man. I'm going to talk about. Yeah. I don't want to miss. Um, <laughs> what's coming out soon, folks? The IG report, which I... is going to expose massive malfeasance by the FBI and the intelligence community to nail Donald Trump. Why this new leak? 
to paint Donald Trump as such a unique danger to the republic by his careless, air quotes, handling of intelligence that the IC, even though they screwed up the intelligence community and spying on Donald Trump, because that's what the intelligence of uh, the inspector general's report is going to say. I hope you all understand that. It's going to show massive malfeasance. The IG uh, is going to show that. The intelligence community's comeback to that is going to be, hey, this guy was such a unique danger, and we had such serious sources overseas we had to exfiltrate, and it was such a danger from the Russians on their encryption. Uh, they're, they're cracking our encryption on this stuff, and there was such a danger from Trump carelessly leaking information that this was our response. My bad, <laughs> Nelson Muntz. But I said, <laughs> that's going to be their comeback. Do you understand what they're doing? That's their comeback. Yeah. They're setting up a trifold narrative. Trump's careless, the threat was serious, and the leaks jeopardized sources. That's the genesis of these three leaks. Now, what I find interesting, Joe, is where were these stories when the Obama administration was negotiating behind the scenes and lying to Americans when they were negotiating with Iranian mullahs on a plan to give them a hundred and fifty, uh, uh, what was it, million, billion, quadrillion dollars of their own money mm -hmm. back? Was it a million, one hundred fifty million, a cash a delivery of one hundred fifty? I'm, I'm, I'm doing the Austin Powers thing, but one hundred fifty million <laughs> in cash. Remember that? Where was oh, the leak yeah. on that? Who made that promise from the Obama administration? Now, reversing back to where we were. There's some media speculation, of course, the same crew, Fusion, Ken Delaney and NBC, who's a crackpot conspiracy theorist, Natasha Bertrand, conspiracy theorist, the, you know, Rachel Roswell, Rachel, all the conspiracy theorists who were, you know, uh, uh, ginning up nonsense about Trump. The theory here is that he may have made a promise to Kim Jong-un because he didn't agree with some intelligence operations going on there. Ladies and gentlemen, if you think that's a bad idea, there's an election coming up. If you don't, there's an election coming up. Again, that's all speculation by people who've been wrong about just about everything. I'm just putting it out because you'll see it on Twitter. I'm not affirming it. There's also some uh, a theory out there. It may have been some promise to the Russians. It's all, it's all conspiracy theories at this point because nobody knows anything. All we know are anonymous sources that are routinely debunked. Folks, this is serious stuff, but I'm encouraging you to please, please obey the Dan Bongino rule. Wait 24 <laughs> to 72 hours before making any judgment. But having said that, I just want to emphasize again, this is meant to paint a narrative of Trump of how careless he is, how he damaged the source in Russia, and how the threat from the Russians was so serious that only Obama could have done something. That is how they're going to cover for the pending IG report. Mark my words. All right, um, moving on, because I've got a lot to get to today. Another story, this is, uh, I'm trying to get to some more election coverage too. 2020 is coming up, and I want to kind of paint the picture and frame for you what I think is going to happen, where we're going to go. Yahoo News had an interesting story about, you know, all these doomsday stories about how uh, Trump, you know, uh, he's in such bad shape, he's going to lose to everybody in the mm -hmm. polls. He's down, it's not even possible. But he's down 100 points in the polls. Like It's not even mathematically possible. But interesting story by Andrew Romano at Yahoo News. 2020 Vision Wednesday, Trump raised $15 million in California, Joe. California, <laughs> not Texas, in one day. That should oh. worry Democrats. Folks, having run for office and having um, 
you know, wine to Joe quite a bit and Paula and anyone who knew me when I was right. Raising money is the worst. Oh. It is the, they call it dialing for dollars. We have to call people from, I just refused to yeah. do it at the end. By the time my third campaign came around, I just wasn't going to do it. It's a humiliating, horrifying, awful, pro- I would thank people on the phone. Many of you who listen got calls from me, even if you made $5 donations, but I was not going to call people towards the end and ask them for, I just wasn't going to do it. Uh, you know, it used to drive everyone on my campaign. Career. Everybody does. I'm not doing it. Sorry. Raising money is really, really difficult. But to put in context, because context matters, how much money Trump raised in one day in California, of all places, to show you how grassroots support, even in liberal states, the loyalty to this candidate now for re-election, Donald Trump, is off the charts. Joe Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. the senator from California, raised 12 million, obviously less than Trump's 15 million. Mm -hmm. You may say, what, in one day in California? No, no, nationwide in three months. So Kamala Harris, (laughs) the actual senator from California, raised 3 million less than Trump over the entire nation in three months. Folks, this is a massive haul. Why does it matter? Folks, money obviously matters in politics. There's nothing groundbreaking there. But just giving you some small behind-the-scenes mechanics here, you have to pay for GOTV. GOTV is important. What's GOTV? Is it a new network? No, it's get out the vote. Hmm. GOTV. Getting your vote out matters. Registering people matters. This all costs money. You need canvassers. You need people to go out and and sit at gun shows and register for. Now, you're not allowed to tell people what part's illegal, what party to register for. But going to a, a gun show and registering voters, you can't turn people down. There are rules to it. But you can be pretty confident a lot of them are going to vote on Second Amendment issues, which, you know, yep. we, we hope the president's going to stick to his guns on, pun intended. Mm-hmm. That costs money. Canvassers, door knockers cost money. Supplying water for campaign offices that are knocking in the Florida Sun costs money. All of this stuff costs money. If you don't have that money, you can't effectively campaign. Um, ads obviously cost money. Targeting costs money. Geo targeting costs money. Poll workers, money. This stuff costs money. And President Trump is bringing in a massive unprecedented haul of campaign funds I have not seen in my lifetime. This all costs money. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, it's not who's registered to vote. It's not who says they're going to vote. It's not who whines about voting or or, or, or celebrates voting. It's who actually shows up and votes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it takes money to do that. So there's some good news for you. I've, you know, I always give you both sides. I said to you, the, the polling is, bad news now, but polling, remember, a couple things is a snippet in time because, you know, uh, uh, Biden's winning in a poll against Trump now. Reagan was down 11 to Jimmy Carter, I think like two months before the election Mm -hmm. and won in an enormous landslide. Everybody should panic. Oh, We should always be concerned about the polls. We shouldn't gaff them off. It doesn't do us any good to do that. But nobody should panic. The grassroots support for Trump on the ground, I think, is solid. And I think the media is downplaying it. All right. I want to get to next is Elizabeth Warren video. Um, But I want to get to a deeper because she's lying. Elizabeth Warren is lying. And if you have the facts and the data in front of you, you you can debunk her major talking point on Medicare for all. It's nonsense. All right. 
Uh, second sponsor today, today's show also brought to you by Policy Genius. Policy Genius, September is National Life Insurance Awareness Month. Most people aren't aware of that. In fact, most people aren't aware they need life insurance at all. You do. That's why 40% of Americans, that's amazing, don't have it. That's a shame. But getting life insurance doesn't need to be difficult. and It doesn't need to be expensive either. Right now, prices are the lowest they've been in 20 years. And Policy Genius has made it easier than ever for you to get covered. Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for life insurance online. In minutes, in minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price for you. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. You don't need to get bogged down in that. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can help you find the right home insurance. That's right. Auto insurance and disability insurance. If you need life insurance, if you need it, but you just haven't gotten around to it. Don't procrastinate. It's National Life Insurance Awareness Month, and this is as good a time as any to get started. Go to policygenius.com, policygenius.com, get quotes and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policygenius.com, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Policygenius.com, check them out. Okay, moving on. So Elizabeth Warren was on Stephen Colbert's show, and Colbert, who's a diehard liberal, uh, tried to lock her down on her proposal. Here's the genesis of this. Warren is proposing this government-run, what she calls Medicare for all. It's really Medicare for none, but a government-run health care plan for the whole country, which will frankly bankrupt the entire country um, and you personally uh, because you are part of this country. And Colbert calls her out on, well, are you going to raise Medicare uh, med uh, taxes for the middle class? And check this out. Here's her answer. I'm going to debunk this nonsense in a minute. Here's how we're going to do this. Uh, costs are going to go up for the wealthiest Americans, for big corporations. Taxes, what you mean by cost? Yeah. Okay. And hardworking middle class families are going to see their costs go down. And but will their taxes go up? Well, but here's the thing. No, I but here's the thing. I've listened to these answers a few times before, and I, I, I just want to make a parallel suggestion for you about how you might defend the taxes that perhaps you're not mentioning in your sentence. Is that isn't Medicare... For all, like public school, so, you know, actually, there might be taxes for it, but you certainly save a lot of money on sending your kids to school. And do you want to live in a world where kids aren't educated? Do you want to live in a world where your, your fellow citizens are dying, even if it costs a little bit of money? So I accept your point and I believe in your point. Healthcare is a basic human right. We fight for basic human rights and that's Medicare for all. Everyone gets covered. But here's how I look at it. I've spent a big chunk of my career studying why families go broke. And a big reason that families go broke is health care. Ah, oh, there's a red, red flag. flag. There's laundry on the field. Laundry is on the field, folks. We are going under the hood for review. We are going to oh. review this play. There are, there are a ton of nuggets in that. I'll, I'll get to all of them. And I promise, I, she keeps using that medical bankruptcy point in her yeah. study. It's crap. I'm going to get to that last because that's a little more nuanced and detailed. But it's still, you need to know it because Elizabeth Warren is currently now a front runner, if not the front runner. And if she, we continue to allow her on television and her surrogates elsewhere to parrot this talking point about medical bankruptcies, we are going to lose. Because it's, Joe, it sounds bad. Nobody wants to go bankrupt due to healthcare. Nobody. No. And mm. if this is, you know, 50% of the population is going medically bankrupt, man, we better fix that. She is exaggerating. But there's a couple other things I want to address in there because there's serious points. 
Colbert's defense of this and what he's trying to defend is he's telling Elizabeth Warren, just be honest, Liz. Uh, what, what what was your name for her? You had the greatest name ever. <laughs> he forgot. I can't even believe it. It was so good. But it, what he tells, he tells Elizabeth Warren, don't lie to the American people. Just tell them their middle class taxes are going to go up because look, we have this model of public schools and everybody will basically love that. Wait, wait, what? Did he just, that's, that's your success story? Lyle the Lata. absurd amount of money we pay on public schools. <laughs> That's your success story. That's the example you want Liz Warren to run with that we currently pay exorbitant amounts of money. 400% inflation adjusted increase in education spending across the United States, federal, state, and local level since I was born in 1974. Joe. And an yes. absolute flatline, flatline, <laughs> yes. if not decrease in education performances since I was born. That's your model of success? While charter schools that spend less, sometimes less than half of what you spend, have managed to increase performance on net most of the places they've been tried. Your example of why the government should run healthcare is you're equating it to the same reason why government should run public schools? Why? Because they're failing at an unprecedentedly uh, an unprecedented high cost. That's your Liz. Please run with that. Please run with that. And we need to do your health care just like we need to do inner city public schools, America. Oh. They're going to be like, yeah. The inner city people are going to be like, because they don't know what's coming next, right? They're getting ready to cheer <laughs> because liberals generally just bypass the facts and they run an emotion. Liz Warren. We are going to do it like we do inner city schools. And the people are like, yeah. Um, wait, what did she just say? Hold on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> penalty. I'm not sure. Wait, wait. Hold on. Don, I'm not sure I want that. That's your example. That's why Stephen Colbert is a comedian. I mean, he's not running for office because he clearly hasn't thought through the ramifications of what he just said. I wrote it down here briefly as in takeaways. Because I wanted yeah. to think, this is, this is really a profound appearance. The takeaway is you really believe that the government can do this better, take over the healthcare system, and your example of that is how they've performed so well in our public school system? I mean, is that a serious conversation? The answer is you're crazy. You're insane if that's the example you're going to use to sell government takeover, a government takeover of healthcare. To the American people. Here's the second takeaway. Folks insisting as Elizabeth Warren is. She makes a little bit of a comeback there. And you can always rewind on either the YouTube or the audio. And listen to it again yourself. She makes another point there. She kind of hints that taxes may go up. And just so you know the data indicates this. That your payroll taxes will triple. And your income taxes will double. If this Medicare for all nonsense passes. Think about that. What you're paying on your payroll taxes, your Medicare, Medicaid, FICA, Social Security stuff, that will yeah. triple. What you're paying in your income taxes will double to finance that. So when she's talking about a tax increase, ladies and gentlemen, the degree matters, right? I always yeah. use the example of what we talk about in economics is being, being on the margin. What is the margin? The margin means the degree of change, right? I mean, we don't talk about in the in the winter, you know, heat or no heat in the house. You talk about the degree of change. I want heat. Yeah, well, how much? 95 degrees? 
No, 71. Okay, well, the degree matters. It's not, are your taxes going to go up or not? That's not the argument. Don't fall in this trap with Elizabeth. We already know middle-class taxes are going. That's a Mm -hmm. fact. If our Medicare for all, we know that. Stop it. That's not the argument. The argument we need to make to the American people is, I get it, Liz, taxes are going What degree? To what degree are taxes going up? You're not telling them it's a tripling of their payroll taxes and a doubling of their income taxes. So this nonsense, Elizabeth Warren's comeback was, well, their costs for health care are going to go down, is absurd. It's absurd. Ladies and gentlemen, large swaths of America go years without expending anything on medical costs at all. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Some people who don't have insurance, I'm not suggesting this is a good plan to do this. I'm simply saying some people don't have insurance and have gone five and six years without spending a dime on medical care. Maybe they get a sore throat or the flu. One year they got to do four or 5000 out of pocket. That's their choice in a free country. Telling people their costs are going to go down when a lot of Americans' costs are zero and some are just their premiums now, which are nowhere close to what they'd pay at a double and triple payroll tax rate. Telling them that their costs are going to go down is a lie. You will be forced to pay for the health care of other people who may choose not to pay themselves. Plus your own health care. There is no way your costs are going down. Do you understand that? Your costs now are driven by your need and want. You want health care insurance? You buy it. You agree to the premium. You don't? There's no longer an individual mandate. You may say, I'm Joe Armacost. I'm healthy. I'm not paying for health care. Your call. Your costs are zero. If Elizabeth Warren, by force, now your health your health expenditures, Joe, are not by your want or need. They're done by force by the government. Mm-hmm. You will pay double your income tax and triple your payroll tax. Regardless, your costs do not go down. There is no way. This is not going to happen. Now, finally, I included this story again. Rarely does the story make a double appearance in the show notes, but it was in yesterday. It'll be in today, too. Elizabeth Warren's final point. So we just debunked the fact that government can do it better based on the public school model. That's just insane. We debunked the fact that your taxes are not going to, they are going to go up and the degree matters. Finally, you're going to be forced to pay money for healthcare, whether you use it or not. That is not a decrease in cost for you. That's just complete stupidity to say that. Her final point, she's been out there parroting repeatedly. She's been saying how, oh, medical bankruptcies, everybody's going bankrupt. From, I did that study on it. Well, let's look at her study. Here's an article at Forbes that I strongly encourage you to read by Aparna Mathur. It's from last year, April 9, 2018, but it's worth your time. Exposing the myth of widespread medical, excuse me, widespread medical bankruptcies. She talks about Elizabeth Warren's study where she makes the absurd assertion that somewhere close to 50% of people in bankruptcy courts are are there due to medical bankruptcies. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there's a problem with that. Think about it. Again, this is a little nuanced, but if you have even a slight background in experimental science, you'll see the problem with that. 
It's like I, there's a great example in the Forbes piece, Joe, of, of why going to a bankruptcy court and sampling people who are already bankrupt may create the false impression hmm. of mass medical bankruptcies. It's the equivalent, Joe, as uh, Aparna says in the piece, of going into a, a, a restaurant that, that you know, going, going into a restaurant on uh -huh. a Saturday night that's packed and asking the restaurant how many people love the food there. And you get a number and it's say it's 90% and you go out and publish your headline. 90% of U.S. citizens love the food at La Forchetta's mm. in Stewart, Florida. Listen, I love La Forchetta's, my favorite Italian place yeah. around here, right? It's yeah, great. Baby. But Joe, do you get where there may be a yeah. problem with your numbers? <laughs> you took a sample of people yeah. who were already in the restaurant, yeah. just like you took a sample of people already in the bankruptcy courts. <laughs> Making matters even worse. <laughs> when this study was conducted, Joseph, it was conducted right around 2007. What happened in 2007 that may have landed a whole lot of people in bankruptcy court? Let's think this through. Um, Joe and I were both alive. 2000, the Great Recession mm. happened. Mm. Joe, mm. you think... Now, I'm not, Jeff, audience, mm -hmm. I know I know you love Joe. I'm not making fun of Joe. I, no. I do that. It's a, it's a joke. We mess around. Joe, you are not an experimental psychologist or sociologist, correct? Correct, Dan. He I is am the not. best radio. Okay, thank you. All thank right. you. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that may be one of those confounding variables, the recession, that may have polluted the results of a bankruptcy study? I'm just throwing that out there, Joe. Yep, you think that, that may have done that? That could be quite confounding, Dan. <laughs> Quite confounding. The is in. Joe says, Quite. yes, that is a confounding variable. Confounding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they conducted this right during the oh, Great yeah. Recession. Even worse, in some studies before, they made some tinkers to this, but some studies before, a lot of those bankruptcies, Joe, medical bankruptcies uh -huh. were due to gambling, drug addiction. Folks, those are not medical bankruptcies right. by the definition you think they are. So, a couple of things. The study is garbage. Her assertions of these mass, do people go bankrupt due to medical costs? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, don't, because I know I'm going to get emails. Dan, I went bankrupt. I'm not saying it's not an issue. I want to dial back to what I said in the beginning about the taxes. I am not saying medical bankruptcies problem or not. The point is stipulated to everyone listening that medical bankruptcies in the United States are A-R-E, an issue. Copy? Mm -hmm. And are troubling for anyone. Don't yeah. mistake what I'm saying. We are arguing the degree, not the if. Elizabeth Warren is making a claim about the degree of the problem, saying it's a mass epidemic. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not. If you read the piece, you find out that when they measure it based on hospitalizations that have led to bankruptcy, Elizabeth Warren's claiming it's upward to 50%. Hmm. The number, Joe, is closer to 4%, less than one-tenth of that. Hmm. Still an issue, not nearly an issue to the degree Elizabeth Warren is trying to paint it out to be to double and triple your taxes. Folks, this is an important story. Yeah. You know, a lot of news outlets covered the Elizabeth Warren quote and didn't do the deep dive. And I think it was a huge mistake 
because this was a golden moment for us to explain to America why she's lying. She's lying about bankruptcies, about government capabilities, about the knowledge issue in the government. They don't have the knowledge to run the healthcare system. They can't even run the public school system. Ironically, about education. Finally, one final point. Emmanuel Sayers and, and a bunch of liberal economists have already analyzed her tax plan to pay for this, where she's saying, Joe, don't worry. I'm going to pay for health care for everybody, but only the rich are going to pay. Right, right, right. It's going to cost $32 trillion over 10 years. You know how much even liberal economists estimate her wealth tax would, would if it's not even constitutional, by the way, but if it mm-hmm. were to pass, would raise $2.75 trillion. Again, less than one-tenth. Ladies and gentlemen, she is lying. Your costs are not going to go down. The quality of your health care is going to go down. It will be rationed. It is a government takeover leading to all the government problems we have with public schools you're going to see in healthcare. She's lying about the costs. She's lying about the bankruptcy data. She's lying about everything. And it's our responsibility to call it out. People okay. will um, die. I gotta, <laughs> that, we don't, I didn't even know we had that one. I got more. Good one. I got more. I got the dictionary. We're, we are now at, we are serious. We are, we are peaking out at peak stupid. As I uh-huh. said in my debate last night on Ingram, you're never going to believe what's happening with the dictionary. Um, even they are falling into this SJW garbage. All right, last sponsor today. Bravo, got their shirt on today. Bravo, Bravo. company, love their shirts. Thanks for sending them, Bravo. Bye. Bravo. Bravo Company Manufacturing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the market for a rifle or a pistol, this is the time to go to Bravo Company Manufacturing. The finest, finest rifles and pistols out there. I've had this affirmed to me by many people, including a former Secret Service agent friend of mine who loves their firearms. Bravo Company Manufacturing. You in the market uh, for a sporting rifle? Okay, well, don't go to Bravo. What do you mean? It's a commercial for Bravo. No, no, they don't make sporting rifles. Well, what do they make, Dan? They make life-saving equipment. No, I'm not messing around. Bravo Company's not in the sporting rifle business. They're in the life-saving rifle equipment business. That's what they do. Because they assume every single rifle pistol that leaves their shop will wind up with an end user. And that end user could be a police officer, one of our military members, or an American citizen who, God forbid, needs to use that piece of equipment to save the life of himself or his family or someone else one day. This is not a sporting arms company. The rifles they make are made for precision, accuracy, functionality, and they're made to work when the end user needs it most in a a potentially life-saving situation. I love these rifles. I have two of them. They are absolutely fantastic. I have never, ever had a malfunction with one. I I love, they are precise. They are, these are really fine-tuned equipment. They're made in the United States. Every component of a BCM rifle is hand-assembled and tested by Americans in Heartland, Wisconsin to a life-saving standard. They know they make reliable life-saving equipment. That, that Folks, I can't say enough about them. If you want to check out more of their offer, because they always put people before their products, go to Bravo Company Manufacturing. Go to Bravo Company M. F-G, MFG, like short for manufacturing, bravocompanymfg.com. And discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. Do not purchase a rifle till you go to bravocompanymfg.com. Please, you want to see more? Go to their YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bravocompanyusa. That's youtube.com slash bravocompanyusa. Ladies and gentlemen, again, this is a company that makes life-saving equipment in the form of their rifles. It's not a sporting arms company. They make the finest ones out there. I can personally vouch for the quality and integrity that goes into their products. Bravo Company, MFG.com. Thanks for being here. Bravo. I like that. Thanks a lot for the shirt. Okay. Um, moving on. 
So I have the story up at Bongino.com. It'll be up in the, the show notes again, and I encourage you to check it out. Miriam Webster, that once did a dictionary, mm-hmm. now is engaged apparently in social uh, a social justice warrior pandering uh, <laughs> by our staff at Bongino.com. Just in, Miriam Webster adds the non-binary definition of they to the dictionary. Folks, here we go again. Epic fail by Miriam Webster. Here we go with the pronoun wars again. How people can use <laughs> I, I I don't can we just agree on on I don't want to get ranty but this story has upset me and, and you probably have figured that out because I've covered it multiple times I mean I'm being serious here for a minute folks this is not meant as some slight i have no interest in offending people who are transgender i don't what's my interest in that if if i i've had zero I'm, I'm not into this to hurt people i don't do my show to to judge people or to punch you in the gut or make you feel inferior or silly i'm, I'm not kidding i'm not, i mean i know this story is absurd and ridiculous but if you happen to be one of the activists in that community who is lobbying for language rules that no human being is ever going to use and make no sense at all. Have you ever considered where this is going to go and what the penalties are for this? So now we have the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. They, which is a collectively refers to a group of people, more than one. Mm-hmm. That does not mean he or she. They mean, I mean it, this isn't hard to understand. Mm-hmm. They does not mean one person. And rules of language are in place, as I've stated many times before, for a reason. Why, Joe? So we don't have the Tower of Babel. So when people have conversations with other people, the words make sense. Right. Folks, I get it. This is a politically heated topic, but remove the they, he, she, zhi, zhao, zo thing for a minute. And let's talk about this. Joe, I'm not a trick question. What is this? That uh, is a... Watch, Dan. It's a watch. It's a watch. Joe, what is this a a a a set of? Um glasses, Dan. Am I right so okay, far? One you more. understand? You understand. You are right. You're what what is this? Can you see that? What is that? Some oh, of the stuff you were said. That's in. uh that's that's a whistle, Dan. That's a whistle. It's a whistle. Thank you. Okay. I'm messing with Joe, but I'm really not. We know Joe knows that these are glasses because that's the word in the English language we use to refer to an item that meets these characteristics Two lenses, uh, 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 stems you put around your, your ear, little nose guard in the middle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is how we refer to items that look like this. If someone decides in the activist community that these glasses I'm holding in my hand are now called frasses instead, nobody knows what you're talking about. Hey, can you go get me the frasses? What the <laughs> hell are the frasses? The frasses, you idiot. <laughs> They're French glasses. You don't the know French that these are the frasses. <laughs> go get the frasses. Yeah. Everybody's looking like, what is this dude talking about? What yeah. are the fro the frosses? And you have to say it with Joe's <laughs> French accent. Oh, Give me the frosses. <laughs> what are the frosses? Ladies and gentlemen, society would collapse tomorrow. Yeah. Go get me the cabissel. What the hell's the cabissel? 
This is the cabissel. No, that's a whistle. It's not the cabissel. Mm. This is not a cabissel. It's a whistle. And if you ask me to get you the cabissel, I won't know what you're talking about. But the activist community is now asking us to keep internal memory lists of every single of every single person's personal preference for what the whistle should be called. So one person wants this called the cabissel. One person wants it called the, the thistle. One person wants it called the quinissel. And another person wants it called milk toast. And you're like, what? I'm lost. I'm lost. And, and of <laughs> yeah. course you're lost. And I'm in lost. order for me to have a conversation with activist Joe about the frases and the quibissel, huh? I have to keep a list handy, a list of Joe's terms for the whistle, cabissel, milk thistle. Now, what if Paula wants these called the blasés? Oh. These are Dan, bring the blasés. Are those the frases or the blasés? No, no, they're the glass. I thought they were frases. They're blasés. What's wrong with you? Folks, I don't have my list, Paula. I didn't know what the blasés were. I thought you were talking about the frases because Joe calls them the frases. Folks, do you understand how we are collapsing? We have reached peak Tower of Babel. Stupid. When you refer to people by he or she, you want to be called he? Fine. Just tell me as I'm talking. I'm not keeping a list. Nobody. Folks, we are not supercomputers. Are we supposed to keep a list of every single person we meet, hear about, or elsewhere, what they want to be called, defying the rules of common sense and collective ownership of the English language. If we don't all own it, it doesn't mean anything. If everybody has individual, this is the one time collective ownership works when we all own the language. Hmm. If you take ownership of the language yourself and start changing the rules, nothing makes sense. So two takeaways from the frases, blases, quinissels. Are we all supposed to keep a list of everybody's preferred pronouns? Second question. If we don't keep the list, Joe, because we can't, and it's mm-hmm. absurd to ask us to, mm-hmm. I'm not messing with you, Joe. What are the penalties? Mm-hmm. Are we mm-hmm. all istophobic, phobophobic, phobophobes? Shunning? Every one of us? <laughs> shunning? Public shunning? Yeah. Uh, social media mobs? Huh? Uh, jail time? Oh, you let oh, jail time. Really? <laughs> Have you checked around the globe? We're refusing to call people by their single ownership of the English language and their claim to a preferred pronoun. Have you checked around the globe where people are talking about criminalizing this and enacting some of this? Folks, we are in Tower of Babel territory here. Again, you think what you want. I'm really, I mean it. It may offend some people on either side. I'm not here to offend you. I'm not trying to poke you. I have no interest in, I don't. I just don't. It's not my job. It's not my, I don't, I get no satisfaction out of offending people. I'm asking simple questions you should be able to provide an answer for if you want to change our collective language. Do we all keep lists? Where are those lists kept? And if we don't abide by your lists, What are the penalties?
Now, I have an example. Ironically, provided by, what's her name? Ashley Pye or something, who is an activist who supports this stuff. The use of a, a, a single ownership language where everybody changes the rules on a daily basis, right? This was a tweet this activist sent out. Get a load of this before I show you. This is a picture. It's a screenshot from her tweet. This is a picture, Joe, of an Associated Press, which is a left-leaning outlet. And I'll read it to you for the, for the audio, folks. This is a picture of an article by the left-leaning AP about some entertainer, Sam Smith. I have never heard of this guy. Who He wants us to keep a list now. On our list, we have to refer to him now as they. His, he wants to be called they, just like Miriam Webster. Him, they. So here's the AP writing about this story. Check this out. Let me read this to you. Sam Smith has declared his, his pronouns, <laughs> they, them, on social media after coming out as non-binary and what the pop star called his, 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 his lifetime of being at war my gender. The English too good at goodbye singer said Friday, he decided to embrace myself for who I am inside and out. The announcement was met with thousands of supportive comments. Oh my gosh. The 27 year old Smith said he, he, he (laughs) was excited and privileged for the support. He added, he was very nervous about the announcement because he cares too much about what people think, but decided to go for it. The AP has now corrected that article with the, the, he wants to be called they. Folks, do you understand the chaos that is right around the corner if we subscribe to this nonsense? I refuse. Put me in, the, in, the, in, the, in that vat with Jordan Peterson and others. I'm not doing it. Like I said to you, in a personal conversation between me and you, you want to be called he or she, whatever. That's fine. I am not taking the rules of the English language and throwing them out the window collectively to refer to anybody by a preferred pronoun that does not subscribe to the collective rules of the English language. I'm not doing it. And nobody else should either. Because it will lead to complete, utter, and total chaos. And this war on the English language in an effort to call people, uh, you know, transophobic, istophobic, phobophobes is absolutely ridiculous and absurd and totally unacceptable. All right, here's a great piece. I've had a lot more. It's always the show is always stacked. It was Trump in the no, wall yesterday. Back up. Oh, st- I'm, oh, Joe, do you have like a buzzer for that? I'm sorry. Well, yes, I should. The load. The show was loaded. Now, now I've said loaded twice. So we got to get another word. <laughs> Please send us emails of suggested words. But it is the show. It's such the news weeks have been so heavy lately. Yes. All right. See, good one. The CEI. Competitive Enterprise Institute has a great article that's being cited everywhere. And I want to make sure I get to it to show you again how the left, not only trying to to, to to hoist upon our backs a ridiculous Medicare for all plan they're lying about, but ladies and gentlemen, they're also lying about one of their other big agendas, uh, the Green New Deal, or as Sean Hannity calls, and I, I hope he keeps doing this. He calls it the New Green Deal. I love that. Just mess with the title. I like that he does it. He, I think he does it on purpose. The New Green Deal. And they're, you know, remember there, Elizabeth Warren is setting up the Medicare for all using the lie that there's mass medical bankruptcies across the country and we have to fix this epidemic. Again, the degree she's lying about. Again, is the climate changing? Yes, climate always changes. We're not arguing that. 
Just like we're not arguing, do medical bankruptcies occur? We are arguing, Joe, the degree to which the climate changes and humans' contribution to it. Clear? Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. So CEI put out a piece. It's very long. Wrong again. 50 years of failed echopocalyptic predictions by my friend Myron Ebel and Stephen Malloy. September 18, 2018. This is in the show notes. And this is one of those, take a screenshot, snapshot it, keep it on your phone. Because this just goes to show you how the left arguing the degree of the problem. We're going to die. Remember, (laughs) I'm not arguing climate changes. Climate always changes. Right. The left is arguing the degree, Joe. I don't think it's a big deal. I think capitalism is more than able to handle the problem. And I think we're going to be fine. Clear? The mm-hmm. left's case is, this is an apocalypse. We are all going to die tomorrow. Huh? So Myron was bright enough <laughs> yeah. to put this here. So I just have, there's about 20 predictions leftists and, and environmental kooks have made over the years that have completely gone off the rails. I, I, in the interest of time, I took screenshots of five doozies. So before we get to number one, remember the apocalypse now, Joe, is that we're all going to die. The globe is melting. It's heating to unsustainable levels and we're all going to drown or burn no. to death, right? Global no. warming is the new. Um, yeah, exactly. No. But that's not where this started. So no. we're told now we're all going to roast like in an oven from a hot earth. But let's go to photo number one. <laughs> this was their uh, former prediction. Here it is, Joe. Scientists predict a new predict a new ice age by the 21st century. Boston Globe, <laughs> April 16th, 1970. So we're going to melt now. But back in 1970, we were all going to be in blocks of ice like uh, like Captain America. Whenever Captain gets stuck in a block of ice, comes out like 50 years later. We were all going to be Cap, Steve Rogers. We're, all gonna, we're gonna be great. We never age. We come out 50 years later. Captain America's doing laps around the Washington Monument. It was great. So we were all going to freeze back then in 1970, but now we're not freezing. Now we're all going to cook to death. Oh, uh, it okay. goes on. Photo number two, failed leftist economic. Here's Paul Ehrlich, the worst, the population bomb guy, totally discredited. Um, here, which was going to happen here. But uh, This was from uh, the, the Redlands Daily Facts, October 7, 1970. America will be subject to water rationing and food rationing by 1980. <sighs> so, Joe, um, yeah. just to be clear, discredited yeah. uh, legend scientist Paul Ehrlich, who we, the population bomb, we're overpopulated. We are going to have to ration food and water by 1980. This was a 1970 prediction. And again, we are all going to die. What's the biggest problem in America right now, health-wise? Obesity. We eat too much. <laughs> So clearly, food rationing is not so much. He missed that prediction by just a tad, Joe. A tad. Like the whole way around. Just a little bit. <sighs> but don't worry. <laughs> Paul Ehrlich, leftists love this guy. He was a Malthusian. The population's out of control. We're all going to die because we, we can't produce enough food. The predictions go on. Here's another... New York Slimes, January 5th, 1978. <laughs> Listen to this headline. <laughs> International team of specialists. Show. Whenever you hear, by the way, yeah. about specialists, run for the hills. Finds no end in sight to 30-year cooling trend in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> in- <laughs> 
So now we're not in an ice age anymore. That one, they left that one behind. Now in 1978, the slimes and the specialists. Run, run when you hear specialists, okay? Run. <laughs> what was it Buckley? William F. Buckley said, I, I'd rather be governed by the first 50 names in the phone book than the faculty staff at Harvard. <laughs> he was right. The specialists. There's a 30-year cooling trend. Oh, wait, I thought we were all melting. But then we were freezing. But now it's just a cooling trend that's no longer a cooling trend. None of this stuff has come true. They are a big donut. They have a batting average of zero on this. Zero. Yeah. But we're yeah. supposed to all sell our houses on the water. Not Obama, of course. He just bought one. But we're supposed to sell our houses on the water because they're predicting a massive tidal wave like that uh, that movie with with the Taylor Leone scene on the beach where they all get wiped away. Right, what's that movie? Paul and I love. Oh. We always forget the name. of the- Deep Impact. Yes. Thank you, Paul. Deep. In- we're all going to get deep impacted. So stupid, folks. Check out this one. Another one. Al Gore. <laughs> you can't do any with that. This is yes. Al Gore, 2008. Al Gore warns of an ice-free Arctic by 2013. <laughs> Ten years ago, Al Gore predicted the North Polar ice cap would be gone. Inconveniently, it's not. It's still there. So just to be clear, <laughs> ice, Al Gore, no more. No more ice. That is not what happened. It's there, just like it was before. Nothing's happened. He just made it up. Folks. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know. Donnie Brasco doesn't even know what we're going to do. <laughs> Nothing they tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is true. And to the guy who emailed me, thank you, and said, you know, I like the debunking, but sometimes it. No, folks, I'm sorry, but that's been the point of this show from day one. You may have missed the memo. And I really apologize for that. My sole purpose for being on the air is to give you real facts, real data, and to show you how the left and the people in the media and academia have been misleading you for a long time. And it's to give you the ammunition you need to go fight the good conservative fight out there. That has always been the point of this show. And it always will be. Whether it's Spygate, the environment, taxes, or healthcare policy, I promise you, and it will never stop, that if you come here, you will find the truth. Not the media drivel they put out there every day, hoping and praying you believe they're gaslighting. All right, thanks again for tuning in, folks. Please, if you don't mind, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. Oh, one quick favor. I have a friend, Rachel Campos Duffy. You may have seen her on Fox. She is awesome. She is a close personal friend. I promised her I'd mention this terrific book. I know the light's kind of in the way. Paloma, this is a great book. Paloma Wants to Be Lady Freedom. It is a great kid's book. I've read it to my kids. You will love it. She is a great friend of mine and a warrior for the conservative cause. It's about Paloma going to the Capitol and finding out all the great secrets about our country. Paloma Wants to Be Lady Freedom, available now on Amazon by our good friend, Rachel Campos Dovey. There's the cover. Please check it out. My kids love the book. You will too. And it's great to read our kids' stuff, not from this media academia nonsense, mm. but from good conservatives who know how to talk to our kids who love our country. So thanks a lot, folks. Again, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.